Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. They could break here, Chelsea. This could be the moment. Frank Lampard for Chelsea. It's Carvalho to his right. Lampard for the title. Lampard, it's 2-0. It's Chelsea's championship. And 50 years of waiting have come to an end. Lampard comes out to Essien. Oh my goodness. It's a counter-attack. Here's Didier Drogba. And now Kedir in the middle. Drogba goes. Stretch it. Stretch it. Mix it on when you do. Stretch it. Chelsea 2. Stretch And Didier Drogba has. Drogba in the centre. McCoy just came to the ground and was four wide. Now going back madness. Money at the ball. Possibly bleak as this. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning, good afternoon, and welcome to another episode of Chessie Hour. You're joined by me, your host, Babs, and two very, very gracious guests. Sam, how are you doing? Look who's back. Look who's back, man. Sam in the car game, man. Nah, it's good, man. Just just seen the Lukaku announcement. It's all good. Wait, all good. has it been announced? Has been announced? Oh, you're telling you're me what? Oh, you're telling me live right yeah. now. It's been announced. Yeah, man. It's awesome. It's awesome. It's awesome. It's awesome. It's awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, they got a cheeky little Jay Z bar in there, and everything. This is exclusive right, right here. Oh, I never thought I'd see the I never thought I'd see the Chelsea account link a video that said I used to move snowflakes by the OZ, but, but here so we are. Finished. Hey. Here we are, man. Okay, a, a club for the streets, man. That explains the look who's back. Okay, boys, boys, yeah, boys. I was like, wait, did you not get the joke? But yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, yeah that, that explains a lot. Mate, that has just completely changed the, the whole structure of the show. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get right into it. Guys, how are we feeling? Yeah, man, listen, we've suffered under... Listen, you know them ones when you're at church now and they say suffered under Pontius Pilate, fam? We suffered under Timo Werner, innit? So, you know what I mean? Thank God for deliverance, man. I, obviously, I, you know me, man. I was I was pushing, really pushing for Erling Haaland, in it? But Lukaku, man, that's a solid, more than a solid guy, bruv. That's a guy that's, a, especially the last year or so, in it? That's a guy that's out to prove people wrong, in it? And shut some mouths up, in it? So, so long as he's drilling them goals, you know a man's going to be behind him. Boy, what can I say, man? I'm not going to lie. I'm still in a bit of a state of shock because I was not expecting that. <laughs> Sam, how are you? How are you feeling? Yeah, man, I'm. I'm with Ben. I, I'm. I'm ready to get behind him. He, he wasn't my first choice. I, I was probably more on the Harlan train as well. But I mean, he's definitely got a point to prove. It feels like he wants to be here, and I think that's 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 only that only good can come out of that, man. You want players that want to be at your club, innit? And and he's going to bag regardless. I know he's going to bag. Uh, just just dependent on when and where he bags. But yeah. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And for me, 
I won't lie, you know, initially I was, I was, I was on the Isaac train. I, I was a bit on a, on a different route to everybody else, but I was warming to Haaland, you know, as it seemed as though that would be it. But it seems as though the club have got their, their, their initial man from what, 10 years ago. So it's kind of poetic in the fact that he's back, you know, he's here. He's in the prime of his career. He's, mm. he's coming off his best season. What can we say, man? Lukaku back. Lukaku back. But yeah, let's get let's get a bit more into the show now. So um, let's talk about the Super Cup. So guys, let's just briefly. So what did you guys think of the initial lineups when you first saw them? Listen, all I'll say now, yeah, the three four three. It's time to go. Yeah, I told you, man. Yeah, like cool. We've done our thing. Man's grateful in it for everything that 343 has given us in it, yeah. Champions League and whatnot. You know, you know the vibes in it, all this kind of stuff. But I was already saying going into this season, especially against these low block men, I'm not trying to see that formation no more. Like against um, let's say we're playing the big six in it, or big five in it, forget Tottenham in it, yeah. Or if you want to, you know, um replace them with Leicester in it, or whatever you want to do in it. The big match is three four three calm, I'm fine with that. But especially against these low, that these teams are going to sit back, you're going to have majority of the ball, all the emphasis is going to be on you, and it's going to be more about putting your position about and rotations and all these kind of things. I don't think the 3 4 3 even, I don't think one, that it's the best formation for that, and two, I don't think it even suits the skill sets of the players that we've got. I think we've got a lot of players that like to rotate and interchange and type, that type of thing, but in a way that's different to the three four three. The three four three for me feels rigid, especially when you haven't got the focal point that we've had. Because even when Werner plays up front, he's not a focal point. If that makes sense, Werner himself does his best work playing off of a focal point. So yeah, it gives the three up top, you know, the chance to rotate and that kind of thing, but not in the key areas that they would like to. So a lot of the type of attackers we have would rather start wide and come inside. But because you have wing backs there already who are literally designated for the wide areas, they can't do that. So I was saying um, in the chat form, I want to say a couple of months now that I think we need to move to a, a 4 2 3 one against these teams that sit back against us. Um, but yeah, in, if you're talking about purely on um, actual lineup and personnel, I was obviously very happy to see Trevor in the team. I was hoping he was middle centre-back, but um, it was Zuma. Thank God we got away with that one. No disrespect to Zuma in it. But in terms of reading the game, I can't believe that he started middle out of the three of those men that started <laughs> in the back three in it. But yeah, no, nice to see Trevor in the team. Hustled at wing back again. Um, yeah, I wouldn't say he was he had an all right game. Didn't really get the chance to get his man too tough because again, they were just sitting back a lot of the time, doubling up in wide areas. When we first started the game, him and Alonso were having a jolly up. Like it was so easy to find them from um, the middle of the park, basically. Any ball over the top or whatever to get them in type of thing. But I think obviously Emery and his little like defensive ways and that quickly sussed it out. And yeah, the joy stopped a bit. But yeah, that, the lineup was more or less as expected based on preseason, who's been back, um, who's only just coming back and that type of thing. But yeah. Yeah, well put together, well put together. And Sam, how did you feel? Yeah, similar. Uh, to be fair, I don't really have as much problem with the lineup uh, as Ben does. Uh, I, I do get what you're saying about against low blocks, the lineup could be difficult um, to break teams down. But I think like putting Hudson-Odoi at right wing back is kind of an answer to that. I don't think we got to see the best of him yesterday. I think it was probably one of his poorest games at wing back. Um, but 
I'm not hearing all that, oh, he can't play there and all this and that, because when he does play well, he can play there. When he doesn't play well, he can't play there. So, I mean, I think he just had a, I wouldn't say he was bad yesterday. He just wasn't really what, what we know he could be. Um, very happy to see Trevor start. Uh, he's kind of like, I wouldn't say sneaked in. Of course, he's earned it. But if you spoke kind of a year ago, two years ago, uh, Trevor was never kind of one that was touted to end up playing for Chelsea eventually. Like you obviously hear the murmurs around the club and they were kind of Tamori, Gurhi, who have both gone. And now Trevor seems to be getting his chance. So I'm happy for him, man. I'm not sure what's going to happen with the season with him. If he's going to go on loan or stay, might be better for him if he goes on loan. Um, yeah, the front three... Obviously, Timo Werner, I mean, there was one time in that 20th minute where um, I think Hudson-Odoi played it in the middle to him and he touched it and fell over. And I was like, oh, <laughs> here we go, man. Like, here we go again. Uh, yeah, I was happy to see Ziyech. Probably been our star performer in um, pre-season. Obviously, if I, uh, shame what happened to him. It's just the same as last preseason. Was it was it Brighton he got injured in, I think, last preseason? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so shame for him. He seems to be putting some form together, albeit preseason. Well, is this game preseason or is it the start of the season? I mean, that's another debate. But we we won, so it's start of the season. You know, yeah, exactly. Like, well, we won, so it's start of the season. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know once. You got you got to start winning ways, man. You've got to start winning yeah, ways. Exactly. You know yeah. once. I, I say every European trophy doubled up now. We doubled mm-hmm. them up. Two, so, two, give me two. Okay, give me two. Yeah, exactly. Give me both. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, was, I mean, Havertz, I think, to be fair, Havertz probably had one of his poorest games yesterday. He looked tired. He looked a bit, mm-hmm. I don't know, he, just, he didn't really look on top yesterday. Um, I'm very happy that he's not going to be playing as our main striker this year. Not that I don't rate him. I just prefer yeah. him working off someone or working behind someone rather than being the focal point. I feel like you lose a lot of what Kai gives you. Uh, Kante, phenomenal. I run out of super, uh, run out of hyperbole to describe this guy anymore. To be honest, like it's pointless. He's just incredible. Um, Kovacic, he actually was really good the first half. I felt. Um, yeah, I agree. Second half, he faded off a bit. Looked a bit tired. Alonso. Hey, hey sorry, I've got, I've got, I've got to jump in it. Second half, yeah, that guy. I don't know what he did at halftime. I, I don't know what 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 yeah, he was man. smoking at halftime. I, I don't know. But it was very very strong. It, it, it was a, it was a it was a loud pack. It was smelling yeah. a bit like mushkush. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah trust was... me, like whatever strand of it that he was bunning, you know what it is. Yeah, I obviously man has a theory in it. Like you man saw Ziyech get injured, injured in it. You saw her at the end of the game. She should got him right in it. Obviously, Kovacic tried jump on the same thing. And obviously, it was a bit too strong for him. You know what it was? He wasn't really acclimatised. So. What you laced this with, brother? Yeah, man. That's, with. Yeah, that's why we saw that second half performance, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to look too deeply into a game like that. Um, but I do think Kovacic is probably in a position where he's third midfielder at the minute, which I'm happy with. I like Kovacic. I think he can give you a lot. Um, but he does have his limitations. Alonso, I mean, we can't beat this guy. I'll be honest, second half, mm-hmm. there was like kind of 45th to 80th minute. He was looking like the old Alonso, but the first 45, he was, yeah, he was balling. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it just seems like every time he's kind of on the cusp, oh, he might leave, he might, he just seems to put together one or two performances and then he ends up staying. And I think we're in for it another year. So let's get ready for Alonso. Yeah, literally. 
King Ram wants all that, man. Literally that, man. Literally yeah, and like, big hey, shout ben. out to Kepa as well. Obviously, yeah, yeah, hey, big shout out to Kepa, man. Big Kepa, big Kepa. I'm, I was big happy Kepa, for him, man. man. I was happy for him. Agreed, agreed, man. You can just imagine how much that's going to do for his confidence. Mm. Yeah, man. Like, it's, 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 probably, it's probably like, this, this hopefully may just be the turning point in his career. Maybe he won't be here at Chelsea, but may, maybe he'll be elsewhere. And yeah. As much as people have, lo- have loved to slander him, me being one of them, we know he's um with his wrist, but you just got yeah, got back him, man. Like I- I'm happy, I'm happy to see, it. and it it just shows you that yeah, as 100%. a manager, you've really, really just got the you got to get the best out of your squad. You can't, you know, bash them in the media. You, you got to just whatever yeah. you can do for praise, wise, you got to do it. Like we we heard him too, Colinies on post match. He spoke about the data guys and what they said about Kepa being good at penalties. Like he's just looking for positives when he when each player, and it's something that we we have to take. We can't take for yeah, granted when it comes for as a manager. And I shout don't know about you guys. Shout out Mendy as well. The way he shout out Mendy as well, man. Shout out Mendy as well, because hey, when he slipped here yeah, and they got the ball, <laughs> Jesus, yeah, that was. And then do you know what the crazy thing about it was? He actually saved it. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was a mad save. Actually, as well. It was a crazy save, crazy save. So, what we, we, we seem to be blessed with one in-game keeper or one keeper to steal penalties. Just calm, I'll take it. I would yeah, definitely rules. take it. I'll definitely take it. So, guys, so how do you guys feel like that that result sets up for, sets us up for the season? Do you think it's something we can look into and further, or do you think it's a it's kind of a game whereby it's just getting players back up to match fitness? You know, it's preseason. Because for me personally, I do think it will be interesting because a lot of those players did play 120 minutes. So, will we see yeah. them on Saturday? Yeah, I, I personally think it's a bit of both in terms of like what you can potentially read into it and if it's just, you know, players coming back because obviously you still want to win when you've not played at your absolute best. And then obviously you can still take points from it system-wise, if that makes sense, like tactically. So even if players aren't executing like they might execute at certain at other times, like, you know, in, in the season, you can take a lot of things from it in terms of like the, the, the tactical dynamic and the and the matchup, if that makes sense. Um uh, especially in this, like the second half, and I want to say like the latter latter parts of the first half. Like, I wouldn't say the second half of the first half into the second half. Like um, when teams do sort out, you know how easily you can find your wing backs, especially over the top. Obviously, it affects it suddenly affects how high they can be because with unlike with um, you know with wingers or whatever. Um, with wingbacks, you very much know that you're responsible for both ways, if that makes sense. You've really got a time when you go. You can't just decide that you're going to stay up. And if you do, obviously, there's a there's a trade-off there, if that makes sense. That's why I always say, with the threat about people always say there's an extra man in the attack. There's not. Because there's always a trade-off, no matter what formation you play. Like, the two centre-mids, for example, they can't really move, and they've got to kind of stay there with the three to make sure that all your areas are covered, if that makes sense. So... Obviously, in terms of like, I, I don't think we had we, we didn't have trouble building, but then again, they didn't press particularly well. Um, there was a couple of moments where you know you can tell guys were probably getting back into it. Uh, I remember Kante and Hudson they found themselves in the corner and played out beautifully, but in general, you can kind of tell who's been back longer and who hasn't, type of thing. Obviously, Mount came on as well at the end. Werner, for as much as you know, he's a funny guy, or whatever. I swear to god. As much as he's weird in general, the guy actually looks still looks tired as well, which is a little, I would say a little bit worrying, but we've now got Lukaku in, but at the same time, Werner, this does still give you a lot in terms of runs and all these kind of things. But yeah, even on that note, actually, I'm actually quite happy because, that we got Lukaku in because it takes the pressure off of um, Werner and Havertz and how much they're actually going to play. Same with Mount as well, um, especially when they're all rotating as, um, you know, trying to, um, not be a focal point, but try trying to trade off, you know, the, the the fact that we don't have a focal point. So, yeah, I don't know. Everything's um is is bubbling. It's bubbling. 
I think I hope hopefully this season we have a certain like turning point or something where you know like two quarter sides like for the smaller games or the majority of games we're gonna have to go with this four at the back type of thing. But yeah, that's that's what I took from the game. But I think a lot of that was already me carrying certain stuff into the game. Um, in terms of like thoughts on the formation and that kind of stuff. So yeah. Can I ask you a question? So you mentioned that point of how you know Timo does look tired. You know, we I was we also mentioned just now that Kai looks tired in 120 minutes. And you've yeah. got Lukaku that's coming in and he hasn't really had that much of a preseason as far as, far as I'm aware. So looking to Saturday, who plays up top? Uh boy. Boy, it, it depends on training, doesn't it? Mishy Batshuai. Oh, potentially, you know. <laughs> you know joking. what? That's a shout. No way he starts. They'll start Havertz, something. Yeah, I don't think he'll start, but he might get on the pitch, to be fair. Because it looks like time... Maybe. Time but was he, was he even in the squad for the Super Cup? I didn't see him in any of the I'm actually celebrations. Sure. I don't think he was. Hopefully, well, he must... He has to stick around, really, because... I'm not... We like, need I'm to, not, yeah. yeah this we'll have one Tammy's out you know, but because I'm thinking Tammy's going, right? Tammy's going. That's a, almost a certainty. Um, Werner, I, I've said, I don't think this guy's a striker in this in this league. In in, other, in another, like back in the Bundesliga, maybe. Or I think he's a footballer, to be honest. <laughs> but yeah, no, he's not a striker in this league. So if you're talking about actual number nines, actual proper strikers, we're going to need at least two. And then I have a Werner that can play up front, but maybe isn't fully suited to playing there in this league. It depends on how you do it, right? So surely Mitchie has to stay. Surely. Sure, doesn't it defeat the object a tiny bit? Not in terms of um obviously quality, but in terms of even just general numbers and and and, and um um backup and that kind of stuff to bring Lukaku in and then let Mitchie, both Mitchie and Tammy go because as it is obviously Tammy's looking like he's gonna go. If Mitchie goes as well, we're gonna have no strikers in the squad. Obviously Lukaku's coming now. Do you, I've, I made a mess of explaining that, but numbers-wise, it doesn't make sense, I don't think, to let Michi go after bringing Lukaku in, in terms mm-hmm. of striking backup. I'm going to ask you another question now. So, if you're if you're Michi, right, and, you know, you, there's some there's some interest in Turkey, it seems, and, and you know, that, that may be a, a route for play Champions League football, would you want to be that, what, would it be, what, fourth-choice striker here at Chelsea, or would you want to go for I the mean, certified game time? Game time, game time, obviously, but... You know, it is with too cool, man. He's on this thing where, you know, it's, um, you know, listen, everyone can eat in it. It just depends on what you show him in it. And Donny will even do charity minutes and that kind of stuff. So, like, it just depends on how he feels in it. Obviously, we're not on the training ground every day. We don't know what too cool saying to him and that kind of stuff. But I think at a certain point, man, like, finding yourself going to play in Turkey and all them leagues now when you've got a certain level of, a, like, finishing ability like he does, I think he'd be... I, I I don't think it's, I just don't think it's right in it if that makes sense. I think he should test himself at getting game time here and being being a certain backup at, at the very least. At the very very least, trying to get minutes like he was um, um, when Costa was was number one, which wasn't even a lot anyways. But he's fallen even from that, so I'd definitely focus on trying to get trying to cement himself as the backup here. That's a fair point. That is a fair point. And Sam, you know. <laughs> Ben made, made an interesting point there earlier on about the um the three at the back. And I know you you also had a point about the fact that, you know, when you have Cho there at right wing back, you know, he is another attacking option. But do you think that position, playing him on the right, do you think that actually allows him to show his um, capabilities? Because we all know that, you know, on the left, you, you do seem to see a lot more of him. And um, shout out my like Joe, but one of his listeners' questions was, in fact, that do you think that that position allows for him to um, showcase his talents? 
Am I allowed to answer this question? Yeah. Go for it, man. That's, that's how I asked you. Is that, is that right? Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, left. Uh, he's probably not as dangerous at right wing back as he would be at left wing, um, or even left wing back. Uh, yes, he's probably better on the left. I don't think that means he's rubbish on the right, though. Um, we've seen plenty of performances where he's been good on the right. Um, I know the whole argument about it changes kind of the whole angle of the pitch for him. And it, um, it, it's not what he's learned as a youth player. Like he's been playing predominantly on the left or I think he played in the middle a bit at youth level as well. So it does kind of change the angles of things and make it more difficult. But I, I truly believe he's good enough to be a good right wing back. Um, he has a very good passing range, uh, long and short. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, he has a very good passing range, long and short. Uh, so I think when he plays wing back, it gives him the space to kind of assess what pass to make. And he's very good at that, I think. I'd say that's probably his, for me, one of his best attributes is that he's very good at assessing which pass to make in which situation. Um but yeah, I, I don't want to look too deeply into yesterday just because he was a bit like, yeah, he was a bit iffy yesterday. But young players always are going to have games where they're not at their full thing. And I feel like with Cho, because people hold him up to this kind of unrealistic height, every game that he plays seems to be a, I'm doing inverted air commas here, a legacy game or whatever people say. And that just seems to be every single game he plays. Like, can he not just play? Yeah. Like, yeah, can you not just play a game and just learn how to play? Like, he's yeah. easily got the skill to be right wing back. Like, yesterday, he definitely was getting caught out a few times. Like, you could see the ball going over him and he wasn't kind of aware where the player was behind him. But I don't really expect him to do that. And yep. I, I don't think Thomas Tuchel really... I think the reason for playing free at the back is normally you had Trevor there or whoever's playing in that right centre-back position, to come over and cover for him, you're putting Cho there for his attacking threat. And people focus far too much on right wing-back. They're like, oh, he's a defender, but he's not. Like, he's not really defending that much. Um, yeah. I do think he's better at left wing. I, I, I wouldn't ever argue that, but we have we have a, we have more left wingers. We don't, firstly, we don't even really play a left winger. We play like an inside left forward. And... We have more talent there than we have at right wing back. And I think his skills can easily be used at right wing back. Um, I, I I just think as, as a player, it's good for him to be getting game times. Yeah, um, fair enough, yeah. But my my point was not, not even just him playing them left wing at top, but do you think playing right wing back versus left wing back, do you think the left wing back position will be a lot more beneficial to see what he can offer? And do you think that would also benefit the team when him playing at right wing back? Uh, yeah, I, I, I possibly could say he'd be better at left wing back because he's more used to playing on the left. Um, he likes cutting in. He likes passing it in, inside field. He probably feels more comfortable being able to go down the uh, left side and then cut in than he does to go down the right side and whip it in. But I think we probably have, I would say, Chilwell. Chilwell is going to be our starting left wing back, I imagine. Okay, So I would say... He is better than James or Aspie as a wingback, personally. So then you have to think about the team. And I think Cho could play either as a backup, but I don't think he's probably going to start there. And I think that's just the, the nature of it. I don't think he's going to be the starting wingback. But as backup, I think he can play either or. 
and I don't think it's going to make such a big difference that we need him on the left. That's just how I like. That's just how I feel. I feel like people, like I said earlier, the people focus so much on Hudson Odoi. We just seem to ignore everything else that's going on around him. Yeah, well, for, for me, together. for me, personally, sorry, go on. No, I was gonna, I was gonna pass it on to you, Ben. Go on. You know, I was gonna say for me personally, I'm not that focused on whether it's right wing or left wing because, uh, um, for for me, he shelled it in both positions. If that makes sense, and there was actually a time when yeah, this was a couple seasons back now where I was saying he should play right wing more because he was there was a certain period where he was overcomplicating things a little bit, but I agree. Seen, with that, yeah, we've seen him shell it for both. I think the main difference here is not whether it's right or left, but it's wing back or wing. Because I think there's a certain element of risk that you're going to take as a winger, knowing you have uh, an inside, you have a right CM behind you or a left CM behind you and your fullback behind you. And then a centre-back can come wide as well. There's, there's so many, in terms of freedom and in your head and whether something is weird, um, like some, something is um, worth taking the risk, if that makes sense, or making that run, staying higher up, taking someone on all of these things you can do without thinking when you're playing on the wing whereas if you're playing wing back you know you're responsible for that flank people can cover you of course they can cover you but at the same time the way that um the people behind you have got to cover like their zones is, is a lot different if that makes sense whereas when you're playing when a man is playing right wing or left wing and has got a right back or left back behind him he knows that they've got that area or a center mid has gone there to cover or someone is directly behind you if that makes sense so for me it's more a wing back issue rather than whether it's right or left um as like i said we've seen him shell it on both but even times where um and obviously i don't believe in this narrative that obviously because husband is obviously good 1v1 I don't believe in this narrative that, that people kind of start on Twitter where he's got to take someone on every single time. But there's times where if you know his game, there's times where at playing that wing back, he won't take someone on because he knows what the consequences are as a wing back rather than playing right wing or left wing, if that makes sense. So for me, for think, me sorry to judge, but I think that's because he's playing wing back. Because I think even when he was playing on the wing and playing a bit further upfield, yeah. I don't think his first thing is to take people on. It doesn't seem like that yeah, to yeah. me. Anyway. I think it's situational. I think it's situational, but that's, that's, what, that's exactly what I'm comparing, isn't it? Like certain situations where I feel like he would have taken someone on or taken the risk to do something maybe a little bit more eccentric that might come off. I feel like when he's playing on the wing, he'll do that in certain situations. And certain situations that we saw yesterday, um, he didn't do that because obviously the consequences are a lot different. Um, so and, and that's even part of what I was saying um, the parts of the points I've been making in terms of the formation and however it actually suits our players or whether our squad and our players are just so gifted that whatever the formation we play we're going to play it to a certain level I just don't think it's the best I don't think it's going to get the optimum out of them but we've got such gifted players and are such a gifted coach that whatever formation we play we're going to play it to a certain level but for me like stuff like um you know, the downsides of what we saw yesterday were more to do with the system not necessarily suiting him and other players for me, rather than whether it's right or left wing type of thing and him more him as an individual, if that makes sense. Yeah, well put together. I feel it was, it was a good game overall, you know. I feel like the first half an hour, first 40 minutes whilst Ziyech was on, for me personally, that was definitely our best um, sustained period. You know, Ziyech, he was really good in possession. He made a couple of chances. I was also I've also just been really impressed with overall in the preseason, and he's been he's been like my bet for like a player to like um, actually go ahead, push ahead and really impress this season. In terms of the rest of the team, Trevor Chalaba, amazing, amazing, amazing performance. I don't know if you guys have seen the tweet from him 
from 2017, you know, where he says, you know, I want to make it here at Chelsea. And hey, what, what can we say, man? Here he is winning a Super Cup. And it, it's something that's really amazing to see because before this, I don't think as many people would have really been ringing his name out as much as any other academy player. So for you, personally, it's really good to see. Shout out, Timpson. Shout out, Timpson. Shout out, Timpson, because he he has had stocks for quite a, quite a long time. Yeah, and man. I can tell... His stocks right now are definitely booming. Definitely, definitely booming. Ben, what did you think about our, our back line in, in, in general? Because I did feel as though um, in terms of standouts, Trevor was really good. I also thought Shao yeah. Rudiger. Rudiger was really good. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Rudiger's yeah. passing range is... It's amazing, like, man. Bro, he just hit those ball. whips across field, bruv. Like, he bro. hits them out for fun. He hits literally, them for fun. Yeah, literally. I was going to say, on the ball in general, you know what to expect from him, innit? Like yeah. in terms of, I remember when we had the, the him and David Luiz partnership, I loved it in terms of build up because both of them will take that risk. And like, I feel like when you do certain things, when you're building up from the back, it does so, so much. Yeah. There was one of, pass he played to Alonso, man. That was yeah. cold. He like passed it inside and he, yeah. Alonso actually got there and Alonso's like really slow. So that pass yeah. has to be like pinpoint. Perfect, yeah. Man. Yeah, yeah, no, literally, I feel like when you have centre backs that will take, that will not just do the conventional or play it safe, that will drive and then commit a midfielder or commit a man that wants to be really in part of the block or make a certain pass or be progressive type of thing. I feel like it just shifts the lines of the opposition a little bit further apart than they would normally be. And it gives space to the midfielders and the attackers ahead of them. Because it causes sense. a midfielder from the opposition to have to be like, oh, Shit, Rudiger's on the ball. I have to close exactly. him down. If I don't close yeah. him down, he's pinging it out to he's pinging it out to Hudson Odoi on the right wing back. Yep. He's playing it inside, like he's doing something with it. So it requires yeah. a midfielder, and then that normally leaves a midfielder free. Yeah, so it's definitely literally. helpful, man. Anything like, that makes the opposition come apart from their block is literally so useful for the players further up. Like yeah. there's times when he'll just get the ball, he'll 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 go, he'll um, drive a bit to commit a man, and then well, the options are like see that you know that the the way the options are set up and the way the opposition is set up he might as well keep running because they're not really worried about him they're worried about someone else to the point where they have to confront him and when he has to be confronted it frees up space for someone else when he eventually releases the ball so I'm a big fan of what he does yeah, in the ball in he done it twice of, last night with a driving as well like, yeah he just drove through the midfield and then one he ended like the second one he just done some dead shot I don't know why he done that but yeah. the first <laughs> one he actually laid it off and it was yeah like he, he's yeah. he's his, the way he's turned his form around and I don't know if it's like Lampard's fault or whatever, but the way he tried to do him dirty, bro, really and truly. Yeah, Lampard definitely stuck our defenders in it, but yeah, he still was playing like an idiot. I'm not gonna lie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, as but much you know, as Lampard was tactically stupid, Rudiger was doing some weird shit. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. But he's a little bit of that kind of guy in terms of. I think he's mainly depends on the structure around him. I think if it's messy. He's going to be messy. If it's not, he's going to be brilliant, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, and, yeah, and probably, obviously, yeah, I agree, man. Yeah, obviously, we also have to remember as well that he was coming back from the injury as well in the, um, not last, not true, last true. season, just gone, the one, um, Lampard's first season. Yeah, Lampard's first season. I feel like he even got rushed back a little bit because there was no real senior centre-back, if that makes sense, that had been playing for the club for the last few years, if that makes sense. Yeah, so, true. yeah, I'm really, I'm really happy with what he's doing. Um, I don't want to see... Uh, you might know that I respect Zuma, in it, But I, at the end of the day, I know a man's limitations. And I know, you know, you know the situation with any player. Every player has limitations. Like, do you have to know what situation to put them in? And obviously, it wasn't tested yesterday. 
But I don't think Zuma, I don't think we, sh- we should be regularly ever seeing situations where Zuma is the middle centre-back purely because he's more, he's a recovery centre-back rather than a read the game, step into the midfield type of thing. With, Tre- with both Trevor and Rudiger on the pitch, who are so good on the ball and are good at reading the game, so good at reading the game. I was shocked to see Zuma was the one in the middle. But over, as the season develops, I doubt we're going to see him there anyways because if, if we're talking about hierarchy in terms of middle centre-back, it's still Thiago Silva and Christensen. Um, probably ahead of him in terms of that that central position, but yeah, I don't want to see that one again because that can be. That I don't think we will see it too much. To be yeah. honest, I think I think you have to have Rudiger on the left. If you, he normally obviously plays there, but if you have Alonso as well, I think you need Rudiger as that left centre back to cover him. Um, yeah. I guess Zuma could probably do that as well. To be perfectly honest, but mm, but do yeah, you want Zuma on his left foot? No, nah, hell no, hell no. That's I need mean, right centre back. Like is difficult because, like you said, you're the one who normally has more of the ball and you have to kind of pick it up. But it's also probably easier for certain things. Yeah, like the pitch is a lot bigger. He can go either way. He's aerially he's so strong, so yeah, that's true. a benefit to having him in the center. Um, but yeah, positionally, to be fair, he wasn't. I don't really think he was that bad last night. Um, if anything, he was probably better than Christiansen when he came on, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Christensen hasn't really played yet, so I'll give him a bit of leeway. But yeah, I'm happy with Zuma as like a cover, but I'm kind of with you. I don't really want him starting. Mm, fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, to be fair, I, I, I do think, you know, under Lampard, really good. He had his moments, but I feel like, if I'm to be honest, I don't really think there were that many moments which were worrying. I think it's similar to what Ben said about it, structurally, and I think it's with most centre backs anyway. If, if a structure's not re- ready set, you're going to be very open to making these like individual errors as, um, as Lampard like to quote, if you get what I mean. Yeah, yeah, man, 100%. And it was definitely more the first season. Even the second season when Lampard was there, he was he was cold. He was good. Yeah, man. He was, like, it went under the radar because we were shit, but he, he was good. Like, yeah. I think he had like one really dumb game. I can't remember what it was, but I just Sheffield. remember that. Sheffield. I yeah, remember. Sheffield, that was it. Just playing like an idiot. Um, But yeah, he was even good under Lampard's second season. I think it's probably like Ben said, it was probably just the injury, man. Like, yeah, literally, you got to rush back. Exactly, exactly, and and not just to move on a bit further. I want to talk about the midfield because, interestingly enough, I, I thought in the first couple of minutes, you know, Kante and Kobe were a really good pairing, obviously. But what it makes me worry about is the fact that do you guys think we have a bit of a light issue in terms of our midfield, in terms of our personnel? Because for me personally, um, the way I look at it, I, I do think Trevor Chalobah could be that full centre mid. Because that's the position he played majority wise at Lorient. He played for yeah. Huddersfield, and it, and it seemed to be like something like the managers have, have sent have tend to um to echo as well. You know, I know a lot of fans would would prefer Declan Rice to come in, which would be fair enough. But yeah. I do feel as though um having a full centre centre mid, you know, you don't want it to be a, a big money player that's going to be expected to play minutes, you know, yeah. straight away. Because you've really yeah, got Jorginho and Kante who are already going to be starters. You know, you got Kovacic as well who. Who knows, you know, at this point of his career, is he going to be happy being that third choice as it is anyway? So if you add that extra midfielder in, it really does change the dynamic. So I just want to get you guys' opinions on um, that um, midfield. Do you think we're light in midfield and how would you guys go about sorting it? Uh, I think we we are a bit light in a worst case scenario. Like, can a touch wood, I'm touching my desk right now, it's wood. Um, <laughs> his injuries seem to have got kind of back on track and he hasn't really been injured for a while because he had that kind of year year or two where he seemed to be getting injured a lot and he couldn't manage one uh, more than one game a week. But they seem to be 
kind of getting back to normal Kante levels now. Um, Jorginho, he never, I can't remember him ever having an injury at Chelsea. I, I don't know if I'm wrong in that, but no, I can't, can I. yeah, I can't remember him ever being out for at least more than a week. So, I mean, Kante and Jorginho, I think most would agree, are probably our first choice centre mids, right? Like they're one and yeah. two. Cover, third. Uh, his injury record is a little bit lately, seems to have been getting a few kind of little injuries here and there. I think he's a fine third option. I think he can play yeah. with either Kante or Jorginho. Maybe yeah. it won't give you the same level as Kante and Jorginho give you, but I think it's calm for probably 80% of games in the Premier League. Uh, in terms of fourth, I think, like you said there, we've got Chalobah. Um, In the same way, Reese arguably could come in there. Christensen yeah, Ruben's there, there as well. Like, we've had a lot of... We've got Zuma. No, I'm joking. That was Mourinho. Remember when Mourinho yeah. ran me? Shrews won't forget that League Cup final, man. Yeah. Shrews won't forget that one. Jesus. Yeah, we probably don't have, like, a rigid fourth-choice centre. I mean, we've got Ruben. I don't really yeah. know what's happening with him. He didn't play last night. He didn't even get on the pitch. Um, yeah. So... Yeah, maybe we are a little bit light compared to other teams in the top four. But then I look at these other teams in the top four and, yeah, they might not be light, but the players they're bringing in, like, okay. <laughs> like some of the players that get mentioned that they're bringing in, people saying, like, oh, yeah, look, like they've got, like, Ox and Curtis Jones. And it's like, all right, okay. Like, <laughs> they're, not, <laughs> they're no better than I don't think what we've got, like, yeah, yeah. I think our backup is maybe it's one area you are a little bit light, but like you said, Babs, bringing in a firstly West Ham even speaking about eighty million for Declan Rice is is wild, absolutely criminal behaviour. But well, to be fair, I don't blame them if he's worth he's worth it to them, but he ain't worth it to us. Um, so I think Gilmore going, I'm I'm happy for him. It was a good move for him, and hopefully he plays week in week out. And I don't know if um you lot saw the. I can't remember there was like a Norwich fan TV or whatever, but they were yeah, yeah. The they were raving about him, man. They were saying he's he's class. Um yeah. so that, that's good for him, man. He's gonna I think that'll be good for his career. Uh I think Tuchel likes him. I think the plan is for Gilmore to come back and be that well, I don't know about fourth choice because Georgina and Kante, who knows what happens in a year's time. Um so I think Gilmore is kind of trying to be put on that path to become yeah, Chelsea's yeah. kind of starting midfielder. But how many times have we heard that with our youth players so who bloody knows with that um but yeah we may be a little bit light but i think i think i think we can manage i think i think we're calm yeah i agree with you brothers. i think obviously trev can do that job obviously ruben can not even do that job as in trev excelled where did he play last season it was center mid so yeah trev can more than do that job and he acts as he will act as a sitter anyway so kovacic kind of needs that kind of person anyways i think the problem was um when it wasn't Kante or Jorginho last season. It wasn't really any kind of... Actually, when it's not Jorginho in general, it's not any kind of sitter. And Trevor would be a sitter, if that makes sense. Uh, uh, I guess a more conventional DM rather than a deep-line playmaker, if that makes sense. But um, either way, he's a sitter, if that makes sense. And we don't have anyone else like that. I think that's it's more... I don't even think it's a, a problem in terms of depth, in terms of like numbers. It's more a skills gap in terms of, I, in an ideal world, if you was to play one eleven and then change the full 11 for the next game, obviously rare, but still, you want to have that luxury of going with the same style of player in almost every every position, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I agree. Obviously, 
him and Georgina are not the they're not the exact same type of player, but positionally they would they both do sit if that makes sense. They are the deepest man in that midfield, so it wouldn't be like Romers or any like when I say Romers, not the team. Obviously, just I mean like roaming around the pitch and that kind of thing in the way that Ruben would. Hey, Roma, Roma, Uncle Uncle Jose, one last one last um, favor for us, man. Come and collect Tammy. We yeah, need that man. 40 million. Yeah, bring that dough. Bring the bread. Bring the bread. Bring yeah, the bread. man, bring that. And let Tammy eat in Serie A. Because I know Yeah, no cap. No cap, man. But yeah, no, nah, yeah. Positionally, in it. Positionally, it makes super sense. And like Sam said, fourth choice um, centre mid. Yeah, there's not even, not even like, there's no point spending any dough on that, really. When we have an academy like we do, I think in most teams, that would be the case. Like, not don't spend that much dough in terms of a full strength centre mid anyways, but especially the yeah. academy we do, there's no excuse really. Especially because we only really play two as well. Like yeah. Most teams play three. We only yeah. play two, so there's less spaces there. Exactly. And we even forgot to mention Mason Mount, who, yeah, we've seen him in the oh, game, yeah. but it might not be his best role. Um, It's been a bit iffy, but I mean, if needs be, if in a world where Jorginho, Kante, cover all get injured, which probably is not going to happen, hopefully yeah. not anyway then we do have players that can fit in there. You might not yeah. give you... I think Jorginho is probably the... Like Ben said, is the one that you're like, we don't really have a... Yeah. I mean, of course, we don't have a replacement for Kante, but we have people that can do what he does a lot worse. Yeah, but, but they can. Stylistically, yeah. it, makes, it makes sense. Yeah. We really don't have anyone that does what Jorginho does. Um, yeah. Yeah, so that, that's probably an iffy one. But I hope he can stay fit throughout the whole season, man. He normally does. And he yeah. needs to change his hair as well, because that's dead. <laughs> nah, nah, I'm hearing it. I'm hey, hearing it. man. Streets are saying that's that that's that triple European dub, bro. Hey, streets yeah, are calling man Tiago silverware. Crazy, hey, crazy, crazy. Like good times, man. He I'm told Poland Marshall Mavers, block. man. That's what he looks like, Marshall Mavers. Yeah, no, nah, I'm respecting it still, man. Looking like any every every DC supervillain ever, fam. And I'm here for it, fam. Because they don't they listen. All I'm gonna say, they don't want to see Jorginho pick up the Ballon d'Or. That's what I'm gonna say now, innit? I mean, yeah. I'm a Chelsea fan. I don't want to see Jorginho. <laughs> hey, listen, listen. You know me, I am sickening. If Luka Modric can pick up the Ballon d'Or, yeah, so can Jorginho. No disrespect to Modric, innit? But on a trophy thing, bring it to my boy. Bring my boy that Ballon d'Or. Yeah, well put together, man. Well put together. And with that um, Super Cup segment wrapped up, I was supposed to get you guys' opinions on the, on the season coming forward, you know, like, hey, we've got 38 games in the league. You know, I, for me personally, I've always said the league and um, knockout tournaments, they're very similar. They're very, very different, you know, so the expectations are going to be very different. So how do you guys think this um, recent success translate into, translate into the league? Because obviously after spending so much money, we're going to really want to push on and actually challenge. We're going to really want to set the foundation for the next couple of years. So how do you guys, what are you guys' expectations, I should say? And how do you guys think we will be able to adapt going into the league? First. Um, yeah, go on. Go on, Sam. First, we're winning it. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not confident of winning. Nah, it's, it's been too long, man. It's been too long. We, we need that yeah. Premier League trophy at Chelsea, man. Right. How, how long has it been now? We're not like certain clubs. What's Arsenal? 17 oh, years. Them, United, not, United coming on 10 years now. Come 10 on, years. Man, that's us. That isn't us. Since the departure it's, it's, it's of Ferguson. We're winning Since the it. Of Fergie, that club still wallows from. Don't compare us to them, man. Yeah, yeah, man. We're winning it. We're 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 winning it. Listen, I think Definitely. we'll challenge in it, but I I I'll be I'll be real. I don't I don't see us taking it with this three at the back. The way it currently is, isn't it? I think we've got all the tools. It's just about how those tools have been arranged in the toolbox. And I think maybe we'll have a pivotal moment in the season where 
um, something will happen or maybe it's even a game where we scrape by and we don't play well or whatever, but Tuchel's not one to rest on his laurels type of thing. So maybe we'll have the pivotal moment, a bit like Conte season, where something happens and then we change the system and then dash the opposite us. way around, yeah, go from three to four. Yeah, yeah, essentially, essentially. Because I'm not sure I can see it with the threat about the way it currently is, especially in terms of all the gifted players that we have. I feel like even in squads where there's loads of gifted players, generally there's a hierarchy. And I don't, I'm not even sure how, I think there is a bit of a hierarchy with us, but not enough to even um, know or have a clear plan of how exactly, like clearly map out in my head, how exactly we're going to, you know, take this league title, if that makes sense. So it, hopefully we end up going forward. Yeah, yeah. I definitely agree with you in the sense of like, I think where City, I'd say City are the team that I'm most worried about. Yeah. Um, where City kind of trump us is going to be, I think the games against the top, I'm not even going to say top six because Arsenal Tottenham don't deserve to be in any top nothing. Yep. So top four, the games against the top four, I think we're going to be calm. Like I think we'll we'll win a couple. We, I mean, we might lose. You never know those games. But I think we'll be calm in those games. We'll have a decent record against the top four. It's the other games where I Big am facts, slightly man. worried. Because like, I'm sorry, sorry to interrupt you, but that's exactly why I said them in terms of like the, the league format and the uh, like. Yeah. It's so different because. When you played um three for three and similar to what Ben said, where it's not exactly it's not it's not actually five attackers. Hey, when you're playing against Brighton, as we saw last season, and you've got Reese and um, Chilwell's more traditional fullbacks playing wing backs, you've only got three attackers. The dynamics do change, you know, like, and I'm just worried about how we actually attack and go forward. Yeah. So, like, and City pepper hoping... these teams every year as well. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> You know, when you just see City, like, on against one of those teams in the bottom half and you just don't even bother checking the score, like, it's like, yeah, they're going to win 3-4-0. Like, it's just random guys scoring. Ferran Torres getting two or something. Like, it's just, yeah, that is where my main worry is. Mm. But I think a lot is reliant on Lukaku. If Lukaku bangs, we don't concede. Like, we don't concede many, regardless of who we're playing we're probably going to have the best defensive record in the league if we stick to the system, yeah? Yeah, probably. Somewhere near it, at least. Yeah, if we score goals and Lukaku, I do think there's certain moments last year where there was a couple draws. If we turn our draws into wins... Like Lukaku can make goals on his ones as well, man. Like He's not just a striker that needs to be fed. Like He can can, do madnesses on his own. Yeah, I think he has gone up a level since he's last been here. And yes, there's, yeah, the, there's the argument that um, obviously the Serie A kind of plays into its hands a bit more with certain things. Yeah, it definitely does. I think, I think, yeah, I, I, I honestly, but, I've got, I've got, we're, we're doing it, mate. We're doing it. You know what it is? You I'm know what putting, it is putting my money where my mouth is. I, I'm dead. Okay, you're going on record, yeah? Yeah. Okay, yeah, now for me, you know what it is? It's not that I, I don't disagree with anything you said. It's just that I don't feel like it's comfortable enough for me in terms of how many chances, how we play going forward, for me, is not at the level where I can be confident like that, if that makes sense. Like, I know we'll do enough type of thing. Like, in terms of the first two thirds of the pitch, 100% know we'll do enough. And then um, I think we do enough to get by in the final third, even with Lukaku in terms of, we have to see who's going to play behind him type of thing, but it will definitely be a case of him just, we don't create chances galore, which for me is not a worry because we still create enough to win, but I don't want it to be like that. I feel like it it should and can be better than that. And for me, again, that comes down to the system because 
I feel like we've got these floaters that want to float behind a, a focal point. And of course, they're going to be able to do that now with the three anyways. And we're probably going to see some, of, we're going to see some of that anyways, but it's going to be two of them floating behind a focal point. Personally, I want to see three of them in a, in a four at the back, especially against these low block teams. But definitely, the side of the Lukaku, regardless, gives me more confidence no matter what formation we're playing. And even, it's going to rectify I need a lot him of... to bang, man. I need Lukaku yeah. to bang. I really yeah. do. Like, yeah, it's how long since we've, since Costa... Like we just haven't yeah, had a striker. We've just been a load of idiots. Yeah, I need to mind my language, man, because <laughs> strikers we've had, yeah? No, no. Like, as a club, we do that. Can't be asked. We never go from, from like era to era in terms of strikers well, ever. We always have an awkward period. If we want to talk about our top strikers, we talk about Drogba, then we talk about Kostla, and then we could be talking about Lukaku here. Hopefully, we'll be talking about Lukaku here, but we always have an awkward period in between every single That's time. That's a, what, 16-, 17-year period? That's, yeah. It's crazy when you mad. think about it. It's mad. Lukaku does, if you're looking at Chelsea's histories, and people like yeah. to mention this. I don't like to mention it too much, even though I mention it right now. Chelsea's history of strikers, Lukaku yeah. fits that mould. Like, he 100%. does. Like, he's a focal point. He's... Um, I haven't watched too much of Syria, but my good friend Freemium has. And he's told me that his back-to-goal game has got... Yeah, it's improved a lot. Better. And you know what it is? Just general confidence as well, because even in Serie A... So I watched quite a bit of Serie A, especially um, like last season and the sort of last three seasons in particular, but especially last season and the season before. And even just in terms of confidence and just determination. Like, people talk about, obviously, the league playing into his hands... And I get why people say that when you watch him in Serie A, because he will literally get the ball back to goal, not even care who's behind him, spin and just whoosh it type of thing. Like that kind of confidence. And that's, that's the kind of deadly confidence that he's got. The ball, he's only losing it if he fucks it up himself. Like, yeah, yeah. you ain't getting it off him as a defender. Like you ain't, yeah. you ain't barging him off the ball. He's, yeah. he's bloody quick as well. Like, yep. like yep. once he and gets going, he is quick. Yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't normal, even, actually, for a big lad, he doesn't actually need as much time to get going as normal, like, yeah, yeah. He doesn't lads need, but he doesn't at all. Yeah, I mean, I, ju- I just he's need been, him to he's in better shape as well. He's in better shape again. He's, he's exactly him, and when he's confident, I've realized even the deficiencies in this game. So, everyone always talks about him technically and he's touching that kind of stuff. That stuff is never a thing when he's confident. I've realized I need him scoring at Old Trafford, I need yeah. that to happen. And I, I, don't need need no cele- I don't need them no celebration things. They're coming around. Oh, I don't think the Kaki does that. I think he. Yeah. Hopefully, like, man. Bro, Hopefully. if I see it, if I if I see him put his hands up, I'm done with it. Celebrate, bro. Like you know, yeah. you know, Man United. Yeah, they're my uh, they're my biggest ops right now. Yeah, because the main reason because yeah is because bro. Every time we play these men on the social, yeah, half the time we outplay them. Even on the Lampard, bro. Like there's times when Lampard is tactically outclassed in Solskjaer. These men are still coming away with the win because of some bullshit. Because Rashford decided to put one in the top corner for 500 yards. Never <laughs> ever done that again as well. That yeah, literally. Much, man. Or, the, or, or there's a bit of individual brilliance or there's one mistake or another or a refing decision. We'll literally outplay them the majority of the game. So I'm, I'm actually tired of not taking Ws when it comes to them, man. Exactly, man. Exactly, man. And as you just said, man, that's a public service announcement. Romelu Lukaku is back. Lukaku is back. So, yeah, um, in, in my opinion, I, I do think it's interesting. I do think he could propel us to, to challenge him. But for me personally, I still feel as though there's still that one stumbling block in terms of our creativity. You know, um, we are going to talk about Lukaku. I'll be honest, I'm not, a profession, I'm not professional about this. So 
tomorrow you guys will be in a bonus episode a, a patron exclusive coming from Freeman and um sherry themselves so stay tuned in for that but yeah so for me personally i still think that that creativity um thing i still think if we had that extra avenue of creativity that's when i for me personally i feel like yep that's it like we can really really go for go for it winningly because when i look at mm. like a liverpool yeah as people people say oh salah's just a goal scorer but this guy is an elite creator They've got Trent. That's another elite creator. You've got Robertson. That's another top creator. You yeah. know, you... Marnie when he wants to play as well. Exactly. They got, Liverpool got Bonino no backup. As well. They got exactly. no backup. Yeah, I agree. Agree. But I'm just talking about just in terms of creativity. I mean, like you look yeah. at City, and you got Bernardo Silva. You have got KDB. Yeah. You've now got Greenish. You got Sterling. You got Mares. You got Cancelo. There's so many avenues of creativity that it kind of mm. makes me feel like wh- where is that coming from for us? Because I do feel yeah. as though we've got the pieces, you know, you've got Reese who can come in, Chilwell. I feel like people don't give me plaudits because for me personally, he's probably our most creative and fullback. You know, yeah. you've got players like Cal, you've got Mount, you've got Ziyech. And yeah, I, I do think these guys are good, but are we? Are they going to take us that next level of creativity? Who do you, man, do you think me, is the most likely to play behind him then? I think it's Mount and Havertz. I think that's yeah, the most likely but, to play behind him. Yeah, but you see that, or even that on balance. That's And that's why I 100% agree with what Babs just said as well, but for me, it's not even like creativity-wise. I feel like we have more than enough tools. I think we have more tools than a lot of men, maybe apart from City and the squad, to, to the point where if not everyone can play no matter what formation we play, but the amount of cre- creativity that we have, even of the guys that are going to sit on the bench, right? I think it's just more how it's put together. And that's why I'm hoping for this formational shift rather than the players that we have. Because even that Mount and Havertz one, I feel like, again, we're not optimising what we could potentially do there in terms of creativity and behind the striker, if that makes sense. Mount's an awkward one with this formation because I don't think his optimum position is behind the one of the one of those roles behind the strikers, but it's not being limited in playing in that double pivot either. It's probably somewhere in between. Like, if we played a 3-5-2, um, he would be there, if that makes sense, in terms of, like, the most advanced mm. midfielder. And a lot of the time... This formation how... works better for him than just playing on his own in the 10. Yeah, yeah. And I was going to say, a lot of the time, that's how he ends up playing anyway. It's almost like a, mm. some, a, a link between um, Havertz and whoever else plays up front and the midfield, if that makes sense. But for me, it's not even a case of personnel. We have so many creative players, like, that... In Lukaku is also creative. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I just think I personally I'm proper on this. It's not even like I, I'm a four-three-three man in general, right? On principle in football, but I personally think the four-two-three-one suits us the best because the individual players that we have. Even if you look at the guy, the way that guys play, even Pulisic as well. When he's in the middle or off the right as well, this guy does some dumb shit sometimes. And this, these men know that it's always me defending in a minute. That's my boy in it. But he does some dumb shit. Oh, I used to be with you, but. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I'm shameless enough to be defending him anymore because he is on. I don't even know know what he's doing. You know what it is? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna act like he doesn't do dumb shit when he does dumb shit. But for me, when he does do dumb shit, like I said, every player has their limitations. It's about how he's being utilized. I think it's the same with a lot of these creative players that we talk about. When we talk about how many we have, is that six now that we could or guys that we can name that are gonna be in the mix of playing behind the striker? I think we personally need a 4 2 3 1 and allow these guys to just float. Similar to, do you know the season after we won the Champions League with Hazard, Oscar, and Mata, where they were just fluid? Mazakar, uh, we, yeah. yeah, yeah, literally. If we can get a situation like that, I think Havertz has to play. No matter who we play in, in that, Havertz has to play. But I don't, from then, I don't mind in terms of like, different games are going to require different things, if that makes sense, in terms of we might need more penetration. You play Callum, 
or you you might need um, someone to maybe unlock, pick and unlock, unlock things a bit more. You might play Ziyech, if that makes sense. So the tools are there. I just think we need to allow these guys almost less freedom than they currently have when it's the two. It's weird because I feel like they've, they're in between. They're in a certain place in their careers, all of them, where they're young, but they're not too young, where um, they need absolute direction, but they're not at the point um, yet where you can just give them all out freedom and say, they're going to affect the game no matter where I play them, no matter how I play them. I think they need a little bit of direction, but need freedom too. I feel, I feel like right now, when it's the two behind the striker, um, or should I say the three of them just kind of rotating because we, don't, we haven't really had that focal point, it's almost too much freedom. And it, it's almost to the point where where the rigid places are in that formation, so the wide areas, it kind of inhibits these lots games. A lot of these might want to pick it up wide and drive in like Pulisic uh, or, or sometimes Havertz or, or Ziyech. Ziyech has to pick it up wide and then drive in or pick it up maybe in like an inside channel, start wide and come inside. So that's that's part, these are all the reasons why I really want to see the the four two three one and just let these guys have direction by the same time express themselves behind a focal point and interchange and have an extra man in the attack. That's the extra man I'm talking about in a four two three one rather than in that three four three when you've got you're essentially looking at two foot behind a striker compared to three in a four two three one. So I think we'll have that point. Tuchel's not wanted to see things not going at their optimum and just sit there and not do anything so I think we'll get to that point in the season where a four at the back of some sort will be required and we'll see what happens from there yeah well put together well put together so yeah um, to wrap up that section in terms of our expectations for the season you know as well as that um, Lukaku bonus episode another bonus episode will be coming for the patrons so don't worry about that I know we've been slacking a bit with the patron but well, we're getting back into my new season new Chelsea hour man we're ready to go and yeah um, so other than that other than that I did want to go into some listening questions um, shout out to Discord you know these guys they are the chat is always booming I'm sure Sam could even attest for himself literally I've literally yeah, just looked in there now and there's like popping. 100 and, there's literally like 200 messages since I started recording so it's like I'm definitely uh, going to look forward to <laughs> to look Lukaku to read them Hey, Lukaku hype, the Premier League season's being back, that hype. There's a lot to be going through, man. There's a lot to be going through. So, yeah, um, first question in, first question in from you yourself, Sam. So, you wanted, you asked them, so where does Kante rank in terms of the greatness for midfielders across his generation in Chelsea? And I think that's a that's a really good question. Because for me personally, like, as much as I loved Lampard, it's hard for me to not say Kante's number one for me right now when it comes to Chelsea midfielders. Like whether it be Yo, them being man, whether, whether sure it be I'm them being neck and neck, I'm not sure how I feel about this. Like it's such a tough one because some of the stuff that we've really that we've witnessed Kante doing is just nothing short of insane. What, yeah, do, what like, do you guys think? So that's why I asked the question, man, because I completely get like what you're saying. Lampard is probably the one that you'd say, okay, maybe, maybe Lampard is like he's our top scorer, but then it's the argument that. Lampard just played for us during a better period. No, but he was a baller as well, though. Like, no, he was. He was. He was. Cold. I get so upset when people compare. He was him to so Bruno cold. He was like my favorite ever player. Like, yeah. Before Hazard came, like Lampard was. Lampard was the one. But I don't know, man. I think, like, I was younger when Lampard was there as well. But like, Kante on a week to week basis, the things he is doing, man. Like, you know what? You know what, though, Sam? Yeah, it's I think crazy. That, that, that partly probably plays a part into it, even in terms of like the way you can analyze the game now compared to when when so we're all around the same age here, right? Like when when we was younger and Lampard was playing, 
I think even the way that we can we can we can analyze the game now and we can appreciate the full extent to what Kante is doing compared to when we were young watching Lampard as well. Because even when I go back and watch videos, I think to myself, bro, I can't believe the way people mainly or almost only not only but they mainly talk about his goal scoring and when I look at some of the things oh, that, that annoys me so much man yeah when I look at some of the things that was doing defensively passing as well even I for a pass and ability to play a pass as well and Lampard was never quick was never the strongest or anything like that but mentality and brain wise ridiculous but like I said at the start I don't know how I feel about this because we're talking about two class players here I was That's just basically... close. it's one and two I'm saying it's yeah. one and two whatever yeah, way I don't know how I'm not mad either way in it it's one and two. I, I do always think that nostalgia plays a part in these kind of stuff as well. Anyways, so we, you know, what I mean, it could does. be me. Yeah, I'm. I don't know. Either way, I'm. I'm not. I'm not like these are two greats, all time greats. Anyways, yeah. And I'm one of those fans that are side eyed Lampard because of his managerial. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I feel like a lot yeah. of fans are doing that in a minute, and 100%. I get it. Like he was a bit annoying, <laughs> but as yeah. a player, if you're trying to speak ill on him, then yeah, he was. He was cold. He was. Like to be that good a finisher from midfield, will we ever see that again? Like, I don't, I don't know. know. Like, to be that good in general, I think it's two hundred and twelve for Chelsea. Yeah, mad. To be that good a midfielder and still score that many goals, not on these Bruno teams where you, man are just man are midfielders in name. You know that ones man are man are man are man are fo- fo- yeah, yeah. And people try and make out midfielders doing as well, but he wasn't like he was yeah. not doing that. It's nonsense. But yeah, yeah in terms of like, the second part of that question, in terms of um. Him midfielders in his generation, I struggle to name ones that are as, like, like, I mean, it's only the very top names, um, that I would put there with him. Like, he's he's up there. Um, yeah. and I think the same thing you're talking about Lampard with his goals, people do that to Kante as well because he's so good at ball winning. And people will you always see him say, Oh, yeah, he just kicks shins and all that. And it's ridiculous it's nonsense. It's such have nonsense. Have you seen Kante dribble? Have, yeah. you, have they actually watched Kante dribble? Bob, ask Sean Ming Son about his dribbling when he puts it through his legs. Literally, I always say this, like, I think maybe it's because of stylistically and aesthetically, maybe the way Kante dribbles. He, maybe, he probably dribbles too humbly. You know them ones? He doesn't really have a certain style of running and, like, flicking it and all that kind of stuff. But well, even, no, I've realised... No flicks Kante, and tricks, no? no yeah, you know tricks. No, you know what I realised, actually, recently? Kante's cheeky, you know, but because I think aesthetically, because of the way it looks, I think people don't realise how good this guy is on the ball as well. Like, oh, this guy will casually turn people or flick it through someone's legs or and carry on and these kind of stuff. But because oh, yeah, his favourite one is where he's got his, like, back to goal. If you pass it yeah. into him, he's really good at, like, flicking it around the corner and then, like, Literally, running off. And, and he's gone. Like, and, he, and his dribbling in general is ridiculous. Like, even, like, so Kovacic is really good at bringing the ball from um, first third to, to the second third, basically, and, and and us going from there. But Kante is really good at either winning it in the midfield or getting pressured and dribbling out of it and taking us towards the final third. And I think Sarri unlocked that in him, but because of the whole thing of, oh, yeah, he's playing the wrong position and all that kind of stuff, people didn't want to see. People didn't want to see what Sarri saw in terms of Kante, not only off the yeah, ball, man. but on the ball too. If France won the Euros instead of Italy, it would be Kante's name in the Ballon d'Or shouts, not Jorginho's. Yeah, like, yeah. 100%. Okay, Even right. then, there's still going to be a, a good case for him to still be getting it. Probably, man. Yeah. Like, we see him week in, week out. Like, this guy is... Don't, like, like I said at the start, the superlatives to describe him, I'm running out of. He's a genuine phenomenon. Like, mm-hmm. I, don't, I, just, I don't... Like, I've never seen a player do what he does so well. Um, yeah. I might have to get Kante on the back of my shirt after this podcast, though. 
Hey, hey, I, 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 I need, need Kante with, with that Super Cup mid, bro, that Super bro, Cup star. I need that Club World Cup star on, on my kit, bro. Listen, right now, Kante is my is my screensaver holding the Champions League in it. I'm after I'm after re up for the Super Cup. You know them ones. Yeah, man. Mm, exactly. Nah, but, yeah. I don't know about that though. Champions League, Super Cup. Keep the Champions League, brother. Keep keep. Yeah, that. you're right. You know what it is? Lock screen, <laughs> lock screen and home screen, innit? I'm so glad he won that, man. I'm so glad he's done the full like because you know, like with Hazard, say for example, people use stuff like that. There's players across history where that's used Gerard with his league titles, whatnot. I'm so glad that he's done the full the full has he won the Euros? Was he was he France when he won the Euros? You don't need a Euros when you got a World Cup. No, true, true, but I was just wondering, has he? No, no, no. No, he hasn't. Okay. But no, um, I don't think he I don't think he even played that final they lost against Portugal. I believe it was um Pogba and yeah, they lost, didn't they? Yeah, no, yeah, they lost the Portugal, about the yeah. season after, I think. That's Did why he? they lost. No, he didn't. He didn't. I guarantee they're not losing if they play Kante. Yeah. But yeah. So I'm I'm just I'm just glad that he's and I know people like to focus on this and all this, but he just seems like such a lovely guy. <laughs> Yeah, like that definitely helps in my opinion. Anyway. But you know what it is? I think even with that stuff, all of that stuff doesn't allow people to see what this guy is doing in terms of like the humble side of the game is all the winning the ball back. And Kante is definitely viewed as that, but I think he's oh, yeah, more... he's also vicious as well. Like, yeah, he I know the Tottenham vicious. game where he just went through. Was it Danny Rose? Just went yeah, through. Yeah, yeah, him. I remember. Like, I remember. he's definitely got that side of him. And even if you see yeah. the Chelsea interviews when they're talking about him and that, they say he's like a cheater. They say like. Yeah. In card games and that, like he's just he's just cheating and that. So he's obviously yeah. not this this like I don't know what like I think Disu tweeted today saying they treat him like a toddler. And that's <laughs> yeah. true. Like they do do some weird stuff about Kante, but that's 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 nothing to do with Kante. That's just the British media being yeah being weird. weird. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Exactly. And so going on to the next question, um, question from Will. So we kind of covered it in terms of the chance creation. So he says um he feels we need another creator in our attack. And um he wants to know what do you guys think? Do you think do you guys think the problem is just finishing chances or do you think creativity is another one of those issues? I think I think um I think personally it's a bit of both, but at the same time, like I've said this whole podcast long, I don't think it's solved by looking at bringing someone so other players in and all this kind of stuff. I think we have the recipe. We just need to put it together better than we are, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I'm probably, to be fair, more on that. Wait, 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 what are you um, saying, Ben? Too, too, too much Maggie in the Jollof? Bro, way too much Maggie, fam. Way too much. You know them ones? I feel, I feel let the Jollof just, you know what I mean? Let it, let it just cool off. You know what I'm trying to say? I don't, I don't know them ones still. Now, you know them ones when you got the tinfoil, you know the ones you got the tinfoil over the rice in it, yeah? And you have to let the rice cool off, fam. We're just backing Oh, yeah, yeah, I know them ones. I know that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nah, but um, I'm, yeah, probably on the other side in terms of I actually do think finishing is a bigger issue than creativity. Um, I think creativity is an issue, but I do think with with a good striker, they don't just score goals. They also improve the people around them and make, the people around them more creative just because of their runs and I just feel like we get into areas a lot Chilwell and James James definitely needs to be a bit better at just it feels like he's just doing FIFA skill games where he's got to hit an area and he's just whacking it in that area every single time he needs to do a bit of getting his head up looking where to cross it I think Lukaku like I, I, I honestly I think I think that's his bag I think getting across the box finishing He's a good finisher as well, Lukaku. He's a good, good yeah. finisher. 
I think it will be interesting to see um, because the, 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 the think pieces will start if we start slow and we don't have creativity. It will be, oh, yeah, we need another player. But I think Tuchel will stick to this formation. I'm not sure we'll see a change. Um, so I think it's a lot hoping on Lukaku improving the players around him and also all the people that we say are creative the the Havertzes the Mounts who I think are the most likely to play they're still young like they still yeah. have a way to go I think they can definitely still get better like I'm not sure if you lot saw that um athletic article about on ball value and whatnot but Mount um is at the top of that like he, he definitely has a value I know people like to focus on him not being creative which I think where his fans call him a playmaker and all this stuff, it then kind of makes people say, well, he's not really a playmaker. Yeah. Um, and I guess that goes into a definition of what the word a playmaker is. Me personally, I don't think it's so rigid. I don't think a playmaker has to be your Ozil, your matter. Like you, you, yeah. can, you can make plays in different ways and different avenues. Everyone, like the argument about like Cho and Pulisic used to happen a lot. Like Cho is so much more creative than Pulisic. And, Granted, he probably is more creative, but they create in very different ways. And I don't yeah, think I agree. And I don't think you can take away one person's creativity just because he doesn't do it exactly the way you want. And Mount, he even done it last night. Even he doesn't look fit. Last night, he won as soon as he comes on, he's pressing the attackers. And we actually got a chance out of it. Um, and he pressed the attacker uh, on the it was the left back. He pressed him. We won the ball back, went back to um I can't remember if it was Aspie or Hudson Adorn at this time, and then we played it inside and we got a chance from it. So is that not playmaking? Like, of course, it's not what people want, and it's not that all oh, look at him playing a through ball, but it's still technically making a play from his press. Yeah. So I don't know, man. I I think we have. I've always said I think we have the players in our squad to be creative. Before we had Lukaku, I don't think we had a finisher in our squad. I, agree. I do not think we had a gunman. Like Havertz, maybe could be a gunman, but. I don't think he's there yet. And I don't think he's a striker. So, yeah. I agree. Yeah, I agree. I agree with, with everything Sam just said there. And I think we was having a discussion about this before in the chat in terms of, I think Havertz can score goals. Do I think he should be relied on to score goals? Probably not. I think he should, he's, he can and should be more focused on like complementary goals, if that makes sense, rather than being that main guy that yes you're going to be the guy that we need to score these these goals if that makes sense I think it it, it takes it would take too much away from the rest of his game if that makes I sense I agree man he's too good at that Sorry, other yeah. stuff like, he's good at playing people in and I yeah like his decision making around the box is very good and he's got tech like if he needs to play a tiny little two yard pass inside which yeah. looks hella easy but it's not believe me he always gets the right way and yeah, I, I agree with you that I think it's taken a lot from his other game if you want him to be your primary goal scorer, man. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. And yeah, so to go to the next question from Rick. Rick asked the interesting question. There's, there's one I can already say I definitely do agree with. So he wants to know from you guys, based on our attack, do you guys think it's important for there to be a level of... Continu Does there need to be a level of continu continu continuity in the attack mainly this season for us to be successful because for me personally yeah. I do feel like having that 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 um set um that set front free I do think that does allow for us to be a lot more um yeah ruthless in attack agreed yeah I agree I agree fully and this is what I was talking about earlier when I talked about um a certain hierarchy and kind of what to expect 
from um, other teams that have all these creative players and that kind of stuff. Because if we continue like this, we'll, we'll basically just be throwing out a different attack um, besides Lukaku every game. So, yeah, no, I definitely agree, even in terms of working up patterns. And I also feel like when you change these guys in and out so much, you're not even going to see the best of them. And you, not only are you, like us as fans going to be questioning their talent, they themselves are going to be questioning their talent as well. Because as with most footballers, um, like what you show majorly depends on what you're around. So, yeah, no, I definitely agree. There has to be a certain level of continuity. Yeah, I think I don't have the stats right here in front of me. But I reckon if you look at title winners across the last 20 years, most of them have a set front three and a set back four. Yeah. I imagine. Uh, City might be changing the game a little bit just because they're so stacked and Pep likes to do his nonsense. But yeah, I think having a set front three and know that you just like trust them um, really helps. But then, on the other hand, you can then get a Liverpool problem where they were so focused on the front three. The yeah. other ones coming in um, like how it, it must be so difficult when you know whatever you do as a player, you yeah, you're not like you're not <laughs> yeah. like Salah, Firmino, Mane. That was their front three in it. So no matter who came in, why it didn't matter. Like they had to do what they had to do on the pitch. Like they get paid to do a job, but it must like mentally. I think it can be difficult to kind of play. You must, you might naturally play a bit within yourself because you're thinking, well, I ain't going to start anyway. What's the bloody point? Um, and I think there's enough fixtures this year where we can rotate people in. But I think for the core Premier League season, I do want to see a more kind of set front three. Um, yeah. But I'm not sure Tuchel will do it because it doesn't really well, seem like two. At least two of the three. I think. I think Lukaku will definitely start majority of games up front. You don't yeah. spend a hundred million on someone to to not start him, um, and that thing like I know people don't like that stuff to play a play a role, but it definitely does. Um, like the amount you spend on someone definitely has an impact on how much they play. Yeah. Um, I do. I this is completely me. Like I, I don't really have much evidence to back this up, but I think Havertz. Like I think Tuchel likes Havertz. Yeah. I, I I think he wants to play him. I think that one like he wants. So I do think Lukaku and Havertz is gonna be at least two of the front three, and then I think the other one will be Mount Werner Ziyech. I'm leaning towards Mount because of the way Tuchel spoke about Mount. Um, like he says, he's very important to the team and all that. I don't know if that's just the British media kind of pushing him in that direction because you know they like to do that with Mount, but. I, I do think it will be Lukaku, Mount and Havertz as our front three for majority of the season. Um, Interesting. Just to speak a question, bigger man on this. So do you think we can see any problems with that front three? Do you think there's enough creativity there? And do you think there's enough goals? Um, I think there's enough goals. Um, granted that Lukaku scores at a similar rate to what he's kind of scored through his career. I do think there's enough goals. I think Mount is going to score more goals this year than he's ever scored. Um, well, actually, ever scored for Chelsea. I actually don't know what his numbers in the tests were like off the top of my head. Oh, they were um, good that season, though, weren't they? But I think he's a different yeah. player, anyways, for that for test season. Not to interrupt you, but I, I remember he was more of a 10 then, isn't it? He's very much. Yeah, 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 yeah. Obviously, it's a different league as well. Like, yeah. Means, yeah. Um, I do think there's enough goals. Creativity is definitely something to point at. But I think looking yesterday, are we even going to look? 
Like, of course, you want your number 10s to be creative, but is that even going to be our main avenue to create? Because if you mm. look at yesterday, most teams are going to play low blocks against us. The way to open up a low block is to go to one side of the pitch, ping it to the other side of the pitch, to a fullback, to a wingback. That's, like, that's how a lot of teams who play five at the back seem to operate to break down low blocks. So yeah. I think Chilwell and, and James... It could even be Aspie, you know. Like Aspie's low key better as a right wing back than James, but that's, yeah. that's time for another day. I think mm. I think a lot's going to fall on our wing backs, and I I and said sorry again to point. sorry again to jump in there. Sorry again to jump in there. But do you think that could become a bit predictable if we're simply definitely. just relying like, yeah. on and the wing backs? Definitely, yeah, and that's definitely. a worry. Chilwell's going to end That's my hot take. Sorry, Chilwell's going to end the season as our top assister. That's my hot take. <laughs> you know what? That's not even mad. That that would that's not even like I don't think that's that mad. Uh, I just I, I can see it happening. I, yeah. I think Lukaku with that run across the box. Yeah. Cash and Chilwell, you know what is Chilwell is very daring as well. For a guy that's meant to be naturally a left back, as the wing backs, he's very daring in terms of how high how high he gets up. Sometimes the risks he takes as well, in terms of I'll just push it past someone and try and get it back on the other side. You would think a natural left back would be more reserved, but yeah, no, I don't. No, yeah, yeah. He's I technically comfy, man. He's technically yeah, comfy. Yeah. Like, I feel yeah. like people before he came were making out that he's like literally just a defender. And but he's definitely like I remember when his first couple games, and he like he he has the ability to kind of take a touch and pass it inside or pass it outside. And I was like, oh, fair enough, man. Like, you're 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 right. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Well, put, well put, well put. And um, the next, the second to last question from Prash. Shout out Prash. Um, he wants to know um. So in his opinion, he says, why do you think our passing is always safe and risk adversive? Which, with ZH missing game time, who do you think will step up in that area? Is that in what area? So ZH, so is ZH area, so it's like making their own risk, risky passes. Oh, um, I want to say no one, if I'm honest, because we don't really have, apart from ZH, like ZH, there was a very big skills gap in terms of, before we signed ZH, in terms of actual... Um, creative passes we more had creative dribblers or like like Sam said earlier with our mounts pressing like create I guess you could say creative pressers if that makes sense so we don't really have that profile of player elsewhere yeah, that, that, that is a rattle, wild man. that is creative a wild is, I already can hear the chat typing game's gone uh, yeah no no but you know what I'm trying to say though I like it I, I like it man we'll, 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 we'll yeah. TM that yeah, come on, man. You can't shame. You can't shame the shameless, innit? Like, if you need backup on that one, shout me, innit? Yeah. So, like, yeah, no. Generally, there's a skills gap in it in terms of that kind of thing. Herbert's is more of a man that combines. Um. So yeah, a bit of passing, a bit of dribbling type of thing. Um. Mount. Um. You were already talking about Mount Cho and Cho. Of course, does like to release the ball. Um. In terms of like, but mainly more in terms of like crossing and that kind of stuff. And he carries the ball very well as well. So. I could say he's probably more on the dribbling side too. Pulisic is definitely on the dribbling side. So yeah, there's. I don't think anyone anyone will will, will take up that mantle with um, Ziyech is out because there's a skills gap in terms of creative passes in general in the team, in terms of final third at least. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when Rudiger's probably in your top three passes on your team, it's uh, yeah. Yeah. it's looking sticky still. But imagine if no. we still had David Luiz, bro. Flipping out. Yeah. I mean, in terms of risk averse, I think. Yeah, is the uh, personnel we use. Like, I think a lot of them are probably risk-averse passes, but I do think probably a lot of that's on Tuchel as well. I think he's probably has instructions to his players. Like, if you don't see the opening, come back, 
recycle go again um that's what i that's what i would take anyway from it um i think that's just as much on tuchel as it is the players because under lampard i wouldn't say we were that risk averse if if anything we were too bloody risky yeah, yeah, I agree. yeah okay so next question and the last question from Usman shout at him Real Madrid fan you, you, you know how we do with Real Madrid around here you know how we do with them man. so he wants yeah. to know um, after winning the, 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 the Champions League and looking like contenders for the Premier League again what are the long term expectations for the club are we capable of take, taking the next step of replicating the dominance of the Spanish club. So I'm guessing he's, he's referring to early two, two, late 2000s um, Barcelona and early 2010s um, Real Madrid. By buying superstars and competing for the Champions League and league every single year, or is the is the club content with um, two to three good seasons and then some down years like before? I think it's the latter, personally. But I think really and true, I think in an ideal world, a mix but I don't think we're ever going to be the type of team that just buys superstars anymore, if that makes sense. Even now, like, we've bought Lukaku, we've bought Havertz. Havertz on his, well on his way to be a, being a superstar. I mean, to be fair, that's arguably two superstars in the last two summers. You could, you know what, you could argue that, to be fair, but we're, even with the Havertz one, I think it just made too much sense to even just say it's as simple as just buying superstars, if that makes sense. Because Havertz's whole notoriety at that point was based on his potential because of what he'd shown already. He wasn't a superstar yet. Like Superstars are people like Neymar and Bappe and all these kind of guys, if that makes sense. So if he's talking like, you know, he, he compared Real Madrid and Barcelona. I don't think we're ever going to be that team just buying superstars like that. We might be buying the guys that are next up in that kind of um, sense. But I think Roman and the board have generally learned, learned a lesson in terms of going off the boil for a few years and what situation it leaves you in. Because the only reason we even had to spend like we spent in the last two seasons is because of those win and then two or three down years and just letting more and more talent go to the point where you actually, you actively have to do a full-on rebuild rather than keeping things ticking over over time. So uh, you could maybe say a mixture of the two, if that makes sense. I think they've definitely learned a lesson um, there in terms of like, we would not have had to spend all this money if we efficiently backed up Hazard, for example, when in Hazard's years with us, all we did was let more and more talent go else that is in the talent he really should have been working with to maximise what we could do. Like all of these other players that people mentioned, like Neymar got to play with flipping Messi and Suarez. And you know what I mean? And Bappe plays with Neymar and Bale was playing with Ronaldo and Salah plays with Mane. Like who did, Hazard was playing with William. You know what I'm trying to say? So like, just selling off more and more talent type of thing to the point we had to rebuild like we did. I think they've defo, they defo must have learned a lesson from that. You can only yeah, uh, I will say one thing in terms of the dominance of the Spanish clubs. If there's any time for that dominance to kind of be over and like them for not to be the biggest kind of most attainable um, clubs, I think it's now. I mean, I think like back in the day, like when I was back, back in my day, when, when I was younger, like if Real Madrid or Barca came for your player, it's curtains. Like yeah. it's over, like they're, they're taking that, they're taking that, and they, 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 yeah. So now, are they the most desirable place to go? I don't know. Like, even the TV money over here, like, I'm pretty sure, like, whoever comes like 20th gets like double the TV money that the like, top Spanish clubs get, maybe more. So, I mean, I don't think England as a league 
the Premier well, League. Yeah, I don't think the dominance like those clubs have is ever going to be the same. It's not really built like that. Yeah, um, other clubs don't really allow it. Like, look what City have been doing. And Roman said, nah, fuck it. I'm buying. That's, that's a big point. And that's what I was going to say about what you were yeah. saying about Hazard and all this. I think Roman, I don't know, like, he never speaks, so you don't really know what he thinks. But yeah, I don't know if he got a little bit, like, kind of, like, he rested a bit and was just like, oh, yeah, like, they'll they'll win stuff. They've been winning stuff. Yeah. And in the last couple of years, they saw Messi, they saw um, Man City, sorry, not Messi, um, like, just do madness, like, Man City and Liverpool completely changed what happens in the Premier League. Yeah. So I think like Roman, it feels like he's just said, fuck it. Like, let's let's go. Like, you don't think you don't think I'm just some like just gonna play around. Like, I'm not I'm not doing that anymore. I'm 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 challenging you. And hopefully, hopefully that's 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 the case. But I don't think we'll ever get the dominance. There's too many clubs here with too much money and too many variables that I don't think we'll ever get that domination like those clubs do, or even like probably United had in kind of the early 2000s, late 90s. Um, it's easy to be dominant when you have maybe one or two clubs trying to um, take away your dominance rather than four or five. Yeah, I, I think the, that competition that we're seeing running in the Premier League, the amount of money we're seeing, look, like we see Aston Villa, they spent, I think Aston Villa, they've spent as much as us over the last couple of years. So, yeah, man. I mean, this could be one of the best title push. races we've seen in our lifetime if everything fast, goes to man. Fast, fast, man. They, they, like, they're, they're saying that the, they're saying that that Leeds versus Aston Villa game may just be better than our classical. Yeah, brazy, brazy, brazy. It's better than a North London derby. I tell you that much. No cap, hey, no cap, no yeah. cap, man. No cap. <laughs> but yeah, guys, to wrap it up, thanks for joining me. Yeah, thank, thank you, man. Thank you. It's good to have you on. Sam, who's gonna be on? And guys, before I even lock off now. Just so find one one reminder on one um, public service announcement, especially for the Chelsea fans. There will be a live show for the game on Sunday the 22nd. So if you wanna come down, make sure you hit, make sure you check the description, check the Twitter accounts, and buy your tickets. Because we're looking forward to seeing you there. When I shot my shot, but I didn't have guap, so I hit the post. But next time it's a golden goal. And it- Sports Social Podcast Network.